It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another episode of Broad Street LinkedIn. The Birds come out of a home game at SoFi 5-0. And I think it was the most complete game out of the Birds we've seen so far. We're improving every week. We're winning in different ra- in different ways. From that last 32-second drive before, before half and on, it was just pure domination. I'm Reed back on with Griff to recap the Birds' week five performance. Griff, what are your initial thoughts on this game? I thought it was a great game for the Eagles. Um, the Rams are an interesting opponent in where they're kind of underrated. They have a lot of talent, um, but they're not really a contender. But they do have the ability to uh, spoil teams' good seasons like, you know, they have been. And um, – I kind of didn't think this was a auto win going in just because we're away. Rams aren't that bad of a team, but we ended up playing great. I mean, I really don't have much bad to say. It was a really complete game, like you said. And uh, yeah, I have a I have a ton of ton of pros and not yeah. obviously not as many cons. But I think not only just you, I especially non Eagles fans. I think a lot of people were like, okay, like you know, we we played some mediocre to poor opponents in the first four weeks and I think a lot of people on the national media too were saying you know this is the game where we're going to realize the Eagles aren't that good you know Stafford cups back that receiving core our secondary um but yeah complete game birds played great so building off that what was your first pro from from this game first pro was the offensive line 
Uh, the offensive line looked awesome. We converted 13 of 18 third downs, 450, 40 yard total outs of offense. I think the offensive line really looked the best they've looked all year. And especially against such a good defensive line. I mean, Aaron Donald, he was kind of a non-factor. Uh, yeah, that's my number one pro. What do you have? I also had uh, the O-line, especially Stoutland and Suopeda. Um, going back to that third down, uh, 13 third downs, though, our 13 for 18 third down conversions was the most since 1994. So a little fun fact for you there. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I mean, this O-line played phenomenal. It felt like Jalen had years to throw back there. It was unreal. Um, and Suopeda, I mean, this guy hasn't played right guard since Jalen's first playoff game against the Bucks in 2021. He comes in, plays against one of the best players to ever play football. I mean, obviously he's not on him the whole time, but Aaron Donald was shut down. I mean, Stoutland might go down as the Donald destroyer. Donald has five games against Stoutland's Eagles units. He has zero sacks, one tackle for a loss, and six QB hit, six QB hits in five games. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. That's just yeah. ridiculous. It's it's unreal, and it's against backups in multiple of these games. Like for example, this game it was Suopeda, but I totally agree. The O line was ridiculous. Um, yeah, and your second pro? Yeah, my second pro is Dallas Goddard. He's alive. He has a pulse. Um, <laughs> I think he hit all his overs on the first drive, but uh, he looked great. Um, I really love our offense when we get the tight end involved. It's like the Zachary, it's Brent Selleck days, you know. Um, Goddard kind of struggled to find his rhythm um, in the offense in the first couple weeks, but they clearly uh, heard the noise around getting him the ball. And it didn't really hinder anyone else's performances. AJ Brown had a monster game. Smith always, you know, he, he he's hit or miss for his big games, but he's always in there. He's, they're always trying to get Smith the ball. So I don't think they really took away from anyone else trying to get him the ball. And he ended up having a monster game, which is great for him. Yeah, my my third pro was actually Goddard as well. I mean, exactly what you were saying, right? It's He has a pulse. It's nice to see him out there catching balls, which we haven't seen in the first four weeks, but yeah, I mean, phenomenal game, right? Eight catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown was a snag. I mean, that was a bullet from Hertz uh, in between two defenders. And that play also, um, going a little off topic here, but that that play really showed me that Jalen Hurts is still improving and developing as a quarterback. I mean, if you watch his eyes, he's looking off this. He knows he wants to go to Goddard that whole time, and he's just looking off the safety, making him hold, making him hold, and then snaps back and throws to Goddard. I mean – he Hurts is something else. He he just will never be satisfied. Keeps grinding. Keeps keeps learning. Keeps getting better. It's just it's great to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also feel like Hurts getting the. This is actually my third pro. Hurts yeah, getting jump into it. Season high seventy two yards rushing. I think that was huge for him because he, there was still some of the design QB draws, which actually are kind of starting to work. Um, I don't know how I hate that play, but. Design QB runs, I don't think – and uh, I don't know. Like, because they are working, but he gets so much volume scrambling. I just I, I just don't think it's necessary to put him in those situations. But sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, I agree. Um, But it was – he really did look like he the game he played last year, you know, where he's hitting multiple people. He's not targeting one guy. He's getting it done with his legs. 
you know, we're running the ball, we're mixing up the offense, we're taking deep shots. Uh, and we really just had him getting his legs going was my third pro because it just shows that, like, when he's running, there's so many different ways we can beat you. And he wasn't sliding down at, like, two, three yards into his run. He was fighting for that first down. Literally looked like he snapped his ACL in half on one play. But Dude, that was the most terrifying. Oh, my God. Knee just buckles completely. And just dude just gets up and, and keeps playing. It's unreal. Yeah. Gets the first down too. So um yeah, that was my that was my third pro. Um just looks it looks like your classic 2022 Hertz season, Hertz game, you know. Yeah, you build, building off that a little bit, um, it was actually in my honorable mentions for Hertz, but you know, great job scrambling. You know, we we don't we're not a fan of the design runs on this podcast. So great, great job uh in the scramble game. But not only on the ground, I mean, his scrambling and his ability to keep his eyes downfield, you know, that's that's what we saw last year. That's what got us to the Super Bowl. And I feel like this is really the first time I've seen that this year. Uh, he had a couple of plays, especially that one to AJ, where he's scrambling, scrambling. It looks like he's going to take off and then pulls it back and unleashes a cannon. And that's another huge part of our game. I mean, we're we're really performing in all facets of the game at the moment, especially on offense, and it's it's great to see. Besides red zone, but I'll get to that. So yeah, my third pro was Dallas Goddard. So I'll go back to my second pro, and he's been he's been going back and forth on my list, but I actually have to sigh here. I mean, obviously that first half, Stafford and Cup looked like they could do whatever they want um, after the first quarter of the game it felt like it was going to be a shootout but holy second half adjustments from Desai I mean we're going up against the number four ranked offense in the league and in the second half you give up 101 yards you get three sacks and obviously we gave up zero points right and you know you have to give some credit to the offense here with again just an absurd time of possession I mean 38 minutes to 22 minutes is going to win you with football games um, but, you know, they still had the same number of opportunities. They had the same number of drives. And that blitz defense that he brought out in the second half gave Stafford no time to throw the ball. And we really just suffocated them out uh, to close out the game. So my my second pro was Desai. Um, did you have any honorable mentions in your pros? Yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown looks awesome. Uh, I did have Desai. I think the defense looked great. Um, and I also had that those back-to-back sacks by Hassan Reddick. Um, to, to basically end the game was awesome. Electric. Um, yeah, without that club on his hand, he is back to himself. Yeah. Just a few more things that I noted. Brian Johnson, best game yet. I think both our coordinators, you know, they're rookies and they're improving just like as we would expect and hope. 38 passes, 39 rushes. Again, I think this is still a little bit skewed. Um, I would like to see less design Jalen runs like we mentioned before. And, you know, get our running back some more touches. But um, still, that that balance is what we're looking for here, right? And I also have the fans. I mean, sea of green and so far. It was a home game. And Jalen Carter said that the Birds fans were so loud that the Rams actually had to move to a hand count instead of a, a vocal count, which helped him gain an advantage in the pass rush and get off the line faster, which, I mean, come on. That, that's this all you can ask for from your fans, right? And speaking of Jalen Carter, if you're coming into this game saying Aaron Donald's the best defensive tackle in the league, I think you might be leaving with a different opinion. I mean, obviously the O-lines are at different levels, but Carter had three tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, and two QB hits. 
And just the D-line as a whole, I mean, the strength of our team is in the trenches, as we always say. Um, Hassan Reddick, back-to-back sacks, just phenomenal trench play. Uh, no injuries. We love that. That's just huge. And uh, the new guy, Bradley Roby, just signed him. You know, he didn't play too many snaps, but when he was in, uh, he was targeted four times, and Stafford was two for four for negative four yards. I think it's clear our biggest weak point at the moment is slot corner. So hopefully uh, Bradley Roby can uh, emerge into a, a solidified starter role. Yeah, he looked good. I was trying to keep an eye over him, and Eli Ricks had some minutes in there. Uh, oh, yeah. We put everyone on. We were trying everybody. Goodrich, Evans, everyone was yeah. doing things. I don't hate it. I mean, because you got to find something, um, and those guys are quick. But, uh, yeah, we held them to 14 points. I mean – they were scoring and they were getting open on Slay and Bradbury. So it's not like, you know, it's just respect to their receivers, but it didn't matter. Did not matter. All right. Moving on to the negative. What was your first con, Griff? Oh, uh, there's something I've noticed in the past couple weeks. It's our clock management in the second half. Uh, we took a timeout with seven minutes left. And our first timeout in the second half came with 10 minutes and 20 seconds left in the third quarter. Um, I don't know if it's a miscommunication thing. I know the one in the fourth quarter was because they only had 10 players on the field, but like when we're not playing great teams, it kind of gets like thrown to the wayside. But if this is like a ticky tacky game where you need all the time you can get and you're wasting timeouts because you don't have like personnel, you don't have the right play call, just now you expect from a team that just went to the Super Bowl, you know, these things that you really shouldn't worry about and that, we should be worrying about, but I feel like no one's talking about them because we're five and out. Hundred percent, man. Uh, I think one of my biggest pet peeves are wasted timeouts. I, I freak out when I see them, but this was my second con actually. Uh, the timeout issues. Yeah, I have a little bit more detail. Um, just about the plays itself. It was third and two in the third when we wasted that timeout, and we called a screen. Third and four with seven minutes left, like you said, and this is what drives me crazy. We're in a position here but we're trying to kill the clock. We're trying to burn the clock here. And we burn a timeout just to run the ball. Like, I, I don't know. I know maybe the 10 man factors and I, I missed that. Um, that could have been why, or that's probably why, but, um, and then this third and goal on the eight yard line was the final straw third and goal at the eight yard line on the same drive, call another timeout. And what do we come out of the timeout with? a designed QB run for zero yards to kick the field goal. I mean, I just don't understand why we're calling timeouts here. And even when we are just coming out of them, it's like, why couldn't we just call this in the huddle? Like what, what, what changed here? Um, yeah. The timeouts are really starting to bother me. It's been pretty consistently bad this year. So like, again, that's, that's something that, you know, we're five and zero. Oh, not something I should be complaining about too much, but, Look, we're holding our team to high standards, right? We we want to we want to get that Lombardi. So, yeah, that that was bothering me as well. Um, that was my second con. Uh, so, what was your second con? Uh, I actually, I, I mean, I kind of had three cons, but I, I mainly had two. Um, I feel like it just can't go unsaid because I've been seeing so much about it on Twitter and social media. Is that Quez Watkins play? Hmm. I don't I don't know if I should. I was going back and forth where I should single him out or not on it but that's just so bad like the third i think it was the third and two the screenplay get the first down and it's just like stuff like that is gonna kill us 
it's like this little things that you should have a first down and probably 10 more yards on that play. And he's trying to fight for a roster spot, not a roster spot for playing time to see the field. And he just, he should not be making plays like that. And if he is going to be doing that, get the ball out of his hands. I guess it's kind of a short leash, but uh, we're Eagles fans. That's all you get. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think his leash should have been done after the Super Bowl. He literally calls us a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm done with Quez 100%. This is my third con uh, just because it was only one play. Like you said, should I single him out? But I am done with Quez Watkins. Give me OZ. Give me Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, Sirianni was visibly upset. He just missed, like, the most wide-open hole. Shout out Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown for putting up great blocks. He could have – he might have gone for a touchdown there. And to just – oh, man, it's just terrible. And, I could have got through that hole. I would have got the first down. It's, it's just – I'm done with Quez. Give me OZ all day. Um, that was my third con. Uh, my first con, going back to our red zone struggles, both offensively and defensively. I mean, this game, six red zone trips, two touchdowns. I've talked about the red zone offense a lot the past few weeks. So I won't harp on the uh, it on the offensive side too, too much. We just need to improve. Um, the way Brian Johnson has been improving, I'm trusting we'll get there. But defensively as well, we are the third worst red zone defense in the league. We give up a touchdown on 75% of red zone possessions. And, you know, yes, this was our best game so far. It was a complete game. But is this game going to beat these elite teams like the Niners? I still don't think so. I still think if we play like that against the Niners, it's just not going to get it done. Um, Need to lock up in the last 20. Need to get the ball in the end zone in uh, the first 20. So that was my first con. But what was your third con? There were uh, like three or four like dumb penalties, and I kind of noticed it last week against Washington. I didn't think it'd be a factor, but I have like a couple third downs where we're getting face masks, penalties. Uh, Reed Blankenship had one. Zach Cunningham had one. It's like the Rams are trying to run the ball and like just punt, and we're we're making boneheaded plays that I just wouldn't expect to see out of like a Sirianni-led team. Um and then that combined with the blow up from Kelsey and Sirianni and Sirianni and Hurts on the sideline, just something's a little off with the team. Um, and then you want to talk about red zone. That's something that we thrived in last year. But, yeah, just something seems really off. And I'm, I'm kind of linking it to the boneheaded mistakes we're making with the flags and the blow up on the sidelines the past couple of weeks. You know, we're just not fully there. I think one of those calls was total BS, but I mean, you know, like I said, you, you, you can't really put yourself in that position to even get close to getting called for that. Um, you know, especially looking at the Kelsey blow up. Um, honestly, I feel like that just shows how much he cares about this team and the game of football. Um, obviously it's not something you love to see, right? Your center, your leader screaming at your coach, but. I might have this totally wrong, but from my perspective, it looked like Stoutland and Sirianni were very calm during it. They were almost not expecting it per se, but it seems like that there are conversations throughout the week that, you know, say, let's let's communicate during the games. You know, let's communicate from player to coach and talk about what we can do to adjust. Um, I also think after the A.J. Brown situation, uh, after week two, I feel like the cameras are just scouring our sidelines, trying to make it a soap opera 
finding yeah, that little thing. But um, Devontae Smith also being consoled by Sirianni. Yeah, I mean, you don't love to see it. I just – it's it almost feels like it's a good problem to have, at least in the Smith and A.J. Brown case and Dallas Goddard. You just have so many weapons that not everyone's going to eat every game. And all these tensions that we see, all these things that we see during the game, after the game, everyone's always 100% cool. Everyone's 100% ready to start grinding again for the next week. Like, like, obviously, we don't love to see it, but it's not my biggest concern. I feel like Sirianni goes out of his way to not have, like, almost a hierarchy there, right? Obviously, players listen to the coach, but I think Sirianni really implements, like, you know, we're all in this together. We're a brotherhood. No one's better than the other one. We all have our jobs. So let's bounce our ideas off each other. And in the middle of a football game, obviously, tensions are going to flare. Yeah, it's also easier to brush off when you win. You know, that is true as well. That is and, uh, we, we, we lose this game. Well, yeah, but no, I agree. I and mean, it's good and bad. You know, it's just you, we're just seeing things that we didn't see last year. Agreed. All right. So I got a question for you. It's October 10th. In two months, December 10th, we'll be going we'll to play the Cowboys for the second time off that crazy stretch. I want you to give me a win loss week to week. See our record over the next eight games. Oof, that is tough. We are going into our tough stretch. You know, I'm so biased. Um, let me try and be impartial. Impartial about this. Let's see. All right. Next week we got Eagles, Jets at New York. I mean, I think we all agree that should be a comfortable Eagles win. Zach Wilson. He has been looking better, but Eagles at home against the Dolphins. You know, out of our tough stretch, if there's one game I could I, – I think we're most likely to lose, I might have to go Dolphins here just because if they have one of those games, especially against our secondary where they're putting up 40 points, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to compete with that, especially with their red zone efficiency. So I'll give us a loss to the Dolphins. So right now we're 1-1. One one. I know we always split with the Commanders, but let's take 2-1 and one in Washington – I'll take the Cowboys at home, three and one. Or take the Eagles, take it as in a win. At Arrowhead, Kansas City. Man, I just, I, I'm loving a revenge game here. And, you know, they have no receivers this year. Literally nobody. Not that that hasn't changed really from last year. Um, but, like, their weakness is going up against our weakness. I'm going to take the birds away in Arrowhead. I love that. Now we're sitting at what are we sitting at? Three, four, and one. Eagles at home versus the Bills. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm gonna go five and one and six and one against the Niners. <laughs> we we own the Niners, dude. We own the you know we own the Niners, man. I I hate that team just because they seem to be obsessed with us for no reason, and they have the worst fans. Uh, they're just soft. Um, and then you know I'll. I'll do Cowboys in Jerry World. We take the L because we always take the L in Jerry World. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give seven us and seven and one. I'm gonna give us a solid six, <laughs> seven or one, two, three, seven and two, six, seven, seven, and, oh, seven six and two. two. Yeah, six I'm gonna give two. us a seven and two. I know that's heavily optimistic, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean it's funny. Ever since I was a kid, my dad used to always ask me our season projections, and I was in like elementary school, middle school, going like sixteen and zero, easy. <laughs> So uh, I'm biased, but 
yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? How do you see this panning out? So that first, I think the Jets is a win. The Dolphins, I think, have the Panthers next week. So if the Dolphins blow the doors off the Panthers and we like grind a game out against the Jets, D, I could see the Dolphins being a trendy dog, a public dog, and us taking the win at home. So I got two and out for the first two weeks. Commanders is a win. They're a joke. See, it's this four-game stretch, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, where I'm like, I don't see how we don't go two and two. I don't see how we don't go two and two. It's it's an insane stretch. I don't think I've seen a regular season stretch like this in my life. I mean, I could be wrong, but this is insane. Yeah, and then we and then we finish it with the cow. It's actually five years. It's insane, but you're playing the the top contenders in the whole NFL. You're playing the Chiefs and the Bills, top two from the AFC, and then the Niners from the AFC. It's it's pretty insane. I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give us the win against the Cowboys to go four and zero in that stretch. I'm gonna say we lose in prime time in Arrowhead. That's okay. a tough place to play. That's a tough place to play. Um. We get we get right against the Bills. I don't know. Bills are so good. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. We lose against the Bills at home too, and then we destroy the Niners the following week at home, and then we beat the Cowboys on the road. I'm gonna say I don't believe in the Cowboys at all. I think we go two and zero against the Cowboys this year. Nice. Um, there we go. So both seven and two, just just sprinkling around the losses. Yeah. So I got our losses. To, I got our losses in back to back weeks. Chiefs and Bills. I mean, yeah, those are the yeah. two contenders, right? So everyone's gonna, you know, jump on the Eagles. Say, are they juggernauts? Or can they? Can Jalen Hurts lead this team? Um, and then Brock Purdy jumps from like plus seven hundred on the MVP list to like off the board. After <laughs> we That's another him. thing I was I was debating about bringing up. I didn't want to hate on an, another guy, so I didn't. But it's just the, I just hate the media, like. Brock Purdy is literally in the identical spot as Jalen Hurts last year. Like, the team around him is unreal. And he's still being, playing great, which is why I didn't want to take a knock on him or anything. But it's just like, I see people picking him for MVP and stuff. And it's like, last year, everyone said Jalen just has a great team. And they didn't even put him in their, like, top six of quarterbacks. And, like, Brock Purdy has the same, if not an even more dramatic situation. And People are throwing him MVP, all that. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's so flip flop. But just a thought I had. Yeah, and I think he's got a better like coaching staff too. I mean, like I love Sirianni, but Shanahan is one the of the best coach in the NFL. Best coach in the NFL, and and that coaching staff just they produce head coaches. I mean, we I mean we did produce too. I I get yeah. I mean, you can see both sides. I shouldn't downplay the Eagles to make the Niners look bad, but. uh I don't know. I, like, I am a little bit afraid of the Niners if we see them in the playoffs. They are unbelievable right now. Like, they just destroy teams. I think it's very fair to say that Shanahan is the best coach in the NFL right now. I mean, he, he's he got his guys playing unreal. Um, I just – you know, the one – I know they're destroying teams, but who have they played? I mean, I guess the Cowboys, but who have the Cowboys, Cowboys played? <laughs> you know, like – Yeah, uh, Cowboys are are – have not proved I don't think any game yet yeah so six and two in this eight game stretch so in two months when we do the podcast we're six and two six and two we're, we're the best Eagles podcasters out there 
Yeah, <laughs> you got to tune in every week after that. Just going back to the Cowboys, let's see who they've beaten. They've beaten the Giants, who might be the worst team in the NFL. Oh, listen to this. Their point differential is negative 91 through five weeks. <laughs> That's horrible. I mean, I mean how, how, is that even, how is that even feasible? So then they beat the Jets without Rodgers. They lose to the Cardinals. They beat the Patriots, who might be the second worst team in the league now. Um, and then they get absolutely mauled by the Niners. So I, I just don't think the Cowboys or the the Niners have really been t- – I mean, I guess the Niners have been tested with the Cowboys. But like you said, they're, they're not – they look like frauds. So who do the Cowboys have? In this stretch that we have? The Cowboys have the Chargers. Yeah, Chargers this week, which, you know, they should win, but I might sprinkle Chargers here coming off a bye. Chargers at home, yeah. And then they have the Rams, Eagles. And they don't they do not – they kind of end the season with a tough stretch. They got Seahawks, yeah. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not... I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I don't really believe in the Cowboys. It's Dak Prescott. Dak is so bad. But, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Broad Street LinkedIn. I'm Reed, back on with Griff like usual. Make sure you tune in later this week for our week five – or, sorry, week six preview. And, uh, as always, go Birds. Go Birds. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 